Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium podcast. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about a day in the life of an author. In fact, we're going to be talking about a day in the life of two authors. I'm your host, Craig Hanks, and with me, a returning guest, Veronica Roth. Welcome back, Veronica. Thanks. Really good to be back. <laughs> you don't have me convinced, but uh, we'll see how the episode what? goes. What? I don't! Maybe I'm just a bad liar or bad <laughs> truth teller. Truth. I am happy to be back. <laughs> uh, no, I, okay. There are more jokes, but you know what? I'd rather just right. not do for a further hole for myself. It's fine. Uh, no, Veronica, you came on a while ago and we did Dark Lord of Dirkholm for uh, an author's shelf episode. And it was fantastic. Um, and people should go back and listen to that. I don't know what episode number it was, so just search it and you'll find it. And it was lovely. It was a great conversation. But joining us also, a newcomer to the show, Amy Lukovics. Uh, oh, did I get it right? You got it right. Yes. <laughs> Amy, welcome. Okay, now I, I, I'm, I'm going to say welcome, Amy, and I want you to really sell that you're happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. It is just such a pleasure. And <laughs> what an honor. honestly, what an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Showing me up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So uh, you both are here to talk to me about a day in the life of a writer. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about some projects that you guys have either coming out or uh, like recently come out or, or coming out now, whatever. Um, and so we're going to talk about Arch Conspirator for Veronica. And we're going to talk about Coldwater Veins for Amy. Uh, but that will all wait. Uh, so people can hear about your new projects in just a moment. First, a day in the life of a writer or an author. Let's go with an author. Yeah, that's uh, because I like, I'm a writer, but I yeah. write, uh, you know, I, I publish 800 words at a time, you know, it's, it's not quite the same thing. So let me first throw something your way and then I'll, I'll have you both react to it. And it's the idea of uh, a writer versus, uh, or uh, uh, someone who has written. Okay. Now here's what I mean. There are those who love writing. And my, my favorite kind of, uh, I, I'll just go ahead and call them out. They're big enough names. They can handle it. Uh, it nobody's going to get mad at me. Brandon Sanderson loves writing. That guy cranks out books like nobody's business, right? He, he sits down every day and he just cranks out books. Patrick Rothfuss, not so much. But you know he loves having written. So there's a difference between uh, loving to write and loving having written. And neither of them is necessarily wrong. Well, unless you're somebody, you know, waiting for book three or whatever. Um, but oh, neither, I, honestly, <laughs> I- Don't I, start I, that fight. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I am on record as being much more sympathetic than your average Rothfuss fan uh, toward that. But anyway, where do you both fall on this? Um, do you Do you find pleasure in- the act of writing or is it more a pleasure of like it's kind of torture to get a book out but then once it's out it's oh man this is so pleasurable does that make sense where yes. do you both fall on that um for me it's more i like writing um sometimes you hit like a rough spot and you're like oh god this is like pulling teeth really <laughs> um but i think that's that's pretty normal. I think on average, I like the process a lot. Mm. And actually having written does, I don't really, it doesn't bring with it any sense of, I don't know, any elevated sense of wonder or accomplishment for me. <laughs> Just like, oh, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess now we're in the horrible gaping hole between projects, <laughs> which doesn't actually, I don't enjoy it. So um, that's me. 
So you do like writing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy, yeah, um, my answer is very similar to Veronica's. I honestly, sometimes writing a book is torture for me just uh, to make myself put my focus forth enough to get relevant amounts of it done. But like, definitely I'm in it for how I feel while I'm writing. Like it feels very selfish in that sense. Like I don't keep anyone in mind while I'm doing it. It's just similar to a puzzle. It's it's just like a great way to be engaged with something in your head that's not shutting up. <laughs> and I do really love the process. It's It's really nice. And honestly, feeling that way, I think, is really important when it comes to after the fact when the book is out and reviews are coming in and everyone's giving their opinions and it's like luckily emotionally i'm already on to the next project because the one that they're discussing is what i did forever ago so it's like whatever (laughs) i already did it is it was really fun so i would have to agree with veronica on that one yeah okay that makes sense so all right Uh, that's just to kind of lay the groundwork of maybe where your mindsets are but now let's talk about an actual day in the life you wake up and uh and immediately start writing or what so it's tempting to say if you're an author if you're a writer this is a job like any other and you got to do your job but it's not a job like any other this isn't or is it is this a kind of thing where you wake up and you're like hey i've got my nine to five and from now until then, I'm writing. And then after that, you know, whatever. How do you approach it kind of first thing in the morning? Um, if you know you're, you're working on a project and you've got something to do, what, how, do, how do you ease into that in your day? Well, I can't wait for this contrast because I know Amy and I have very different <laughs> lives. I do not have children. I do not have another job. Um, so... For me, I I wake up and I'm like not fully online and like in my mind until about noon. I'm not a morning person. And like to the point where my spouse, like he's not allowed to talk to me about anything serious before 11 a.m. And 11 a.m. was a compromise. (laughs) I was like, I wanted it to be one, you know, but he used to come in here and be like, I have plans for the day. And I'd be like, get out. (laughs) Um, But I can I can get started with writing. So I kind of like sit down with my caffeine in the morning. I just drink tea and. I look at what I did the day before and I reread a bit of it, not too much, because then I get stuck rereading. And then, um, you know, I, I'll kind of get started and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't because it's it's too early for that shit. Um, but <laughs> God, already, I'm swearing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of just give it a shot. And it's been a journey the last few years trying to be a little kinder to myself about it. Like if it doesn't, if I can't do it that day, I don't feel good. You know, I'm not awake. I'm not, I have no ideas. Like I kind of let it go for a little while. I'll go do something else. Um, what I, I actually want to dig into that a little bit because, uh, and we're, we're going to zoom out a little bit potentially, but when you say I, I give myself a break for a little bit, do you mean a few hours or do you mean a few days or a few weeks? Cause for me, if I'm, if I, if I allow myself a break, then that can spiral spiral really quickly for me to where I'm like, I get out of the habit entirely mm. of whatever the thing is. In your case, it's writing. But so what do you mean by I get, give myself a little break? Um, usually what I mean is a couple hours. I'll try again later in the day or mm. even just like an hour later. Um, yeah. Or I go for a walk. Like I find walks really help me uh, visualize and also come up with ideas and stuff. But if, if I'm like in a phase of life where I'm extremely stressed and overwhelmed by other stuff and I can't write, I'm 
unless I have a deadline, like I'm a little easier on myself than I used to be. Cause I'm just like, you know, life is short for real. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Amy, what about you? How do you ease into writing for the day and, and when, at what time, what time? Do you <laughs> well, this has been changed up a little bit since I started a new full-time job in November. So uh, luckily though, that job is based out of Frankfurt, Germany. So my mm. work day with them ends between 2.30 PM and 3.30 PM my time. I log in at 6.30. And um, once I'm off, lately how I've been doing it is once I'm off, I relax, unwind to make sure the kids are settled and then uh, write when I can. For me though, it's it's not as much of trying to stick to the daily habit as like where my mindset is as far as the project goes. Like when I'm just starting something out or even if I'm in the middle section that can sometimes feel a little draggy on like the writing scale because it's not the most fun things which tend to come for me towards the end of the project. But once I get to the point in the story that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I sort of become a little obsessive and I will just, I can't wait till the next free moment that I can sit down and get through this scene or that scene. It's, uh, it's thrilling for me to imagine writing the end. So before I had that job, I would do something similar as V where I just sort of eased into it. And unless there was a deadline, I'd be easy on myself if it came to taking breaks. It's weird because sometimes I'll take a long ass break, like two weeks of nothing, of just thinking about it, which counts as working, by the way, I, I say. <laughs> but then once I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm in the groove, I'm ready, then it's like, it's time to get serious. It's go time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So when you, it, it sounds like I, I might know what your answer is going to be, Amy, but do you, when you sit down and actually do start writing, you're in a groove or something, do you have a goal in mind of, I want to write this many words. I want to write for this long, you know, uh, I'll stay up forever to hit this goal. Um, or, or do you cut yourself off somewhere? That really depends on like when I'm trying to have this thing turned into my agent. Um, if there's <laughs> yeah. a date that I have in mind, I will schedule out like word counts and I'll assign word counts through the days. Um, I could, I, I used to do like a chapter a day, which is roughly 2K for me. Uh, but if no deadline recently, more recently, I've been just more focused on, I want to get through this part. I want to get through this scene by the time I'm done today, I want this to have been put out there and I kind of mm. go that way. Yeah. What about you, Veronica? Um, I'm similar. I can't ever set word count goals because what I do is I just like, I'm really good at treading water uh, until I get to the word count goal as opposed to like the narrative goal. Oh. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just write this like super inflated scene that really doesn't need to be that long <laughs> in order to just hit the goal. Um, so I do, I do like scene goal or this piece or this, I want this conversation to be over or, um, yeah. And, uh, and like you, I think I kind of write like 2000 words a day, um, in general, like average that's, do you, do you, uh, end up with 2000 words a day or do you write a bunch more and then self edit, uh, and end up with 2000 words, um, Good How question. Go 2000 baseline. And then like whatever yeah. happens afterward, like her, I also <laughs> will read, reread what I did the day before, but she mentioned it. It's totally a trap. 
you can get stuck doing that for quite a while and end up eating up a lot of your writing time by just uh, rewriting or tweaking or whatever. Mm, So I try to keep that to a minimal, but the 2000 thing, it's like, all right, I've done it. It's if it's not completely great, like that sounds like a problem for tomorrow to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and do you, when you finish a scene, um, and you've got your, okay, you've reached your 2000 word goal or whatever, uh, not a goal, but <laughs> you're, you, you've gotten there, you finish the scene. Is it a problem for you tomorrow? Or do you, how much, let me rephrase this question. How much do you lean on your editors versus yourself? How far does, uh, the transcript have to go before you're like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to, to turn this over and have somebody take a look at it. Oh my gosh. Man, I don't lean on, I don't lean on them at all. No. I pretend they're not there. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, I should only be sending this when I have no idea what to do. Like I uh, don't know how yeah. to fix it or I don't know what the problems are anymore. That's when I send it out. I like to be totally like get it as fully formed as possible before I let anybody else get their hands on it. It's like, totally. you know, they shape it and that's fine. That's part of like what an editor's or an agent's or anybody are helping with your work. They shape it. That's what you, that's what you want. But I am so, um, I get so mad about the first round of critique. Like that sounds so uh, pet, like childish <laughs> of me, but I really like when I receive editorial feedback, my first reaction is always like frustration. And then Depends I'm like, this. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, get a grip and be an adult. And then I sit with it for like a little, like an hour, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, the only reason it made me mad is because it's correct. So mm. I know when I'm getting, I'm getting good notes because I find them annoying. Um, if I, if I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, then they really are digging deep enough. I think. Yeah. 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 I would agree well, with that. Really, really I, uh, dig- speaking of digging deep, Veronica, you're really, I know. You I just, on the couch here. I just know myself. Like, I don't know what it, it's, it's this, um, feeling of being misunderstood. You're like, don't you see what I was trying to do? You know, it's, uh, it's this like maybe a little like inner child. I, I don't feel um, bad about it because I'm not like taking it out on anyone. You know, <laughs> don't yell right. at anyone or get annoyed with anyone, you know, because you get it's the all notes, internal. Like, yes, this is like the storm that lives inside my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Amy? How do you deal with self-editing versus working with oh my uh, gosh. these people who help you out? I, uh, with all due respect to the amazing editors I've worked with, I never would leave something I wasn't feeling good about like that's just me personally like I need to feel like I did my best and I mean I will know objectively speaking work needs to be done and that's that's the thing about it is it doesn't matter what you turn in work will need to be done so you might as well start off at a point where you've done everything you possibly can Um, because if you if you were to let those little things pile up like oh this is a potential problem I'll just leave it for later I'll just leave it for later you are gonna be pulling your hair out when the time (laughs) comes to address all of that and it's like I'd rather spend that time the first round especially like she mentioned I'd rather spend that time uh, focusing on bigger problems that I was not aware of (laughs) until they were (laughs) kindly shown to my face. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Amy, have you ever turned something in and you actually didn't get that many notes? I feel like I'm always chasing Um, that dream. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But in that case, I knew for a fact much more needed to be done. So I wasn't Ah. relieved. I was like unsettled and I was like, oh, no. You think this is fine? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I know it's not (laughs) like you didn't mention this or this. Like, 
time to bring mm. in the beta reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So let me let me shift gears a little bit. It's a, this is actually kind of inspired by what you guys are saying in response to that. But in your opinion, is there a personality type that is naturally given to what you do as far as putting out long form fiction? Um, is there, is it, is it innate or is it a learned skill that you are able to do this? Hmm. A wildly varying combination of either or. Yeah. I've seen, (laughs) I've met a range and like, honestly, uh, there are people that, um, whose personalities, I mean, just all across the board, really, as far as why you're in it, what you like most about it, how you feel about doing certain things. Like I know a promo comes very easily and natural to some and others are like, I would rather Mm. jump into a volcano. Um, (laughs) And I think as far as like the habit of putting out long form, not so much a personality trait as different characteristics that enable you to persevere through the frustration and the rejection and the second guessing and accepting that you're going to have to put a lot of time and effort into something for nothing until much later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Veronica, thoughts? Um, I like Amy. I've I've met so many different kinds of writers who accomplish the same goal in like wildly different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and love and hate very different parts of the process. So like people who love rough drafts, I'm like, I don't get you. Like I I like them fine. I like them better than filing taxes, but I don't, you know, like them better than revising. Um, But one trait that I think must be really hard is being an extrovert. I'm not, it's certainly not impossible. I've met a a bunch of extroverted writers in my, in my time. Um, But, but I'm like, how do you, like what makes you want to sit in front of a computer by yourself for a year? Totally. Like you're an extrovert. Yes. They must, it must just be like this constant search for a stimulation. Like I don't, yeah. um, so I don't, I'm obviously that's just a, t- I'm an introvert in case that wasn't clear. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ooh, me time for a year by myself in a yes. cabin. Sounds yes, great. And exactly. not at all creepy. Oh, and I have man. to tell people I have to do it. Like, sorry, mm-hmm. I have to be alone. <laughs> yeah, just have to. No, but yeah, I, Veronica, I'm I'm a very similar. I think in that way, uh, and and you and I are both somewhat gregarious. I think as we talk, and so people yeah. mistake that for extroversion. But you're you're making me wish that I uh, wrote books for a living instead of reading books for a living because that sounds great. Cabin in the woods for a year. Yeah. Sign me up. Right. I don't know. Have you ever had an idea? I know. I know. There's still time. Yeah, yeah. one day, one day. When I'm when I get younger, I'll I'll start okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, so one day. Uh, okay. So so we talked a little bit about uh, again, I, I keep drifting away from the whole day in the life thing. Okay. That's it fine. was just a it yeah, was just a construct know? to start the conversation. <laughs> but but I I do want to riff on what we talked about earlier about, uh, you know, Veronica, you say, if I'm not feeling it at the moment, I'll go for a walk or, you know, something like that. That's kind of a, a micro version of I'm not feeling it. The ideas aren't flowing. The the ink or the pixels these days aren't, aren't quite flowing the way that I want them to. So I'm just going to take a break. But that's a, a micro version. 
What about the macro version, what we call writer's block? Do you think this is real and how do you deal with it? If, <laughs> if it is something that, you know, can last weeks or months or even years and that something just isn't quite working right in your mind as you, as you are trying to write, I'll throw this to you first, Amy. Is writer's block real and how do you deal with it? If it is. Um, I mean, as far as it, is it real, that's like, could really be a philosophical question of like, mm. what is writer's block and what does it mean to <laughs> that's, you? Amy, this is what I'm trying to pull out of you. <laughs> yes. okay? roll, roll with it. Go, For go me philosophical personally, on this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean... <laughs> The, the internal battles within like that's what it's all about anyway and yeah. for me personally anytime I've experienced any major block it was most often turned out because for me personally the story wasn't working how I wanted and that could be it could be at any point in the process and honestly how I it's while it has happened to me I am very stubborn about like I hate that feeling. I hate not loving what I'm working on. It bothers me and it's indicative of a bigger issue in the story. So I will often just look over what I have so far. Something that really helps is remembering like that first spark that hit you that made you say like, yes, like I want to write this book. I want to spend all the time and effort on it. I'm ready. And a lot of times I will find that just through totally like the nature of creative evolution, you sometimes accidentally get away from that spark and it's become something else or your feelings have become something else. And it's really nice to go back and remember that original jolt. And that will help me a lot, either figure out what needs to be different. I mean, it's gone as far as, I mean, it could happen when you're one chapter in and, oh, I'm going to rewrite this chapter. I'm even just going to add something. I've even gotten to the point where it's as far as the book has been drafted, edited, put out on submission to publishers. I get a few rejections that are very similar and I know in my bones that it's right. And I have asked my agent to pull things from sub before and mm. that sucks. I mean, that's super emotional and terrible, but I would say embracing the uh, chance that you'll need to rewrite small to large pieces of text can also help me get through that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Veronica, what about you? Well, first of all, I feel like Amy is one of the most resilient writers that I know. Oh. You've gone through some stuff, you know, <laughs> just have. like some... Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. Anyway, I just admire it. Um, Thank you. But as far as writer's block, like, yeah, I think it's, I, I, this thing about whether it's real or not real, like, it just seems like sometimes people are, use that as an opportunity to be mean to other writers where they're like, <laughs> you're making it up. Just pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps. bootstraps. And it's like, no, literally yeah. impossible. That's what that phrase means. I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yes, I think it's real. I don't, I don't encounter it as much as I used to in my career and I, think uh, for me a lot of it was trying to force myself to work on something that wasn't working um and that doesn't mean like giving up on it but it's a little bit like why isn't it working like a diagnosis problem um and for me usually it means that like whatever decision i just made um or big decision in the text like i can usually trace the writer's block back to like a mm. particular decision that i made and i'm like you gotta cut everything 
back until you remember it working and start from there. And like you said, Amy, sometimes that means like 150 pages or like yeah. the whole thing is wrong, you know? When you're um, lucky, it's just like a few pages, but yeah. Yeah, like, uh, um, yeah. and over time, I think I've gotten better at recognizing when it's happening. So I don't have to cut as much as I used to, which is nice. And I also think when you're in a point in your career when you're not being steered as much um, because you've had some early successes, perhaps. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I don't know anyone who knows about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Post-divergent, I feel like people didn't want to tell me what to do. So they would just be like, whatever you want, which is terrifying and also very mm. nice um, and a privilege. So I think I've gotten less inclined to being blocked because I am like, oh, everything I'm working on is is something that I really want to be working on um, at this point, which is a huge luxury, I have to say. But so, um, yeah, yeah. Are you are you saying that it's it's easier when like you know that it's going to at least get looked at thoroughly and and fairly um, because of your early success? And yeah, so I think so. To kind of like you're you're not as scared that like, hey, nobody's even going to look at this. Nobody's going to care. Or, yeah. I, I don't know. So if, I've definitely, that's what you're saying. yes. So I've de sent things in and we, and I have decided, or me and my agent or my editor have decided like, this isn't right. So it's not that everything I write gets like, a, you know, like sent out into the world. Um, that's not <laughs> true at all, but it's at least like, okay, I don't have to do that initial struggling, um, which can be really like soul crushing to people mm. who are just starting out. And I just think, you know, it's important to acknowledge the effects that those practical concerns have on creativity, because it's not just like, I, I, you have to feel like what you're doing is worthwhile. And it's not um, like a waste of your energy or, or your time, like th that belief in yourself, like should be internal primarily, but it can be influenced by external factors. So I just think it's oh, yeah, important to know. Foolish to pretend yeah. it wasn't right yeah 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 uh, amy i, I want to go back to something you said um if you don't mind you you mentioned remembering the the spark uh, recalling what it was that made you want to write whether it's the project or the scene or or whatever um and remembering what that is and and how that um can help spur you on how do you do that? Do you remember, is this all internal and just mental? Do you journal at all? Do you write for yourself so that you can remember, hey, I had this idea today and you can go back to that page in your journal and say, this is what I was thinking on that day. How do you, uh, yeah, how do you do that internal work of, uh, of what you're talking about? Yeah, so I feel like I have a pretty good uh, like memory, emotional memory. Uh, I feel deeply and often, and so I can pretty easily remember things that make me feel especially anything, X, Y, or Z, mm. happy, sad, angry, whatever. So I do get like, I feel like the moment when you realize you've come up with an idea for something that would be so fun to work on and something you would love to read yourself and you just know like this works like you get like a dopamine rush, or at least I do. <laughs> so it's easy for me to go back on that. But I do work by hand in notebooks, um, especially for outlining and brainstorming. When I'm in any brainstorming phase, I love just freeballing it <laughs> on paper. And I do also use that as a sort of journal. I, if I go back to all, I have all my notebooks, I 
hoard them like a dragon but it's so cool because I do leave <laughs> notes and I date everything when I leave a note or I'll even note this got rejected today it's just fun to go back and look at the most preliminary notes I ever had on a project and it makes me feel fondly about it and it brings back the warm and fuzzies and it's cool to go back and see myself anguish over uh for example daughters unto devils that was my debut novel and I wrote the first version it didn't get picked up gotta uh revise and request uh from a major publisher that I was would have given my soul to work with and rewrote the whole thing and it was crap it did not sell and what you're so, trying to say is you you tried to give up your soul to yes ex <laughs> and 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 that is exactly why it didn't work out I just mm. blindly accepted all the notes and they were terrible I knew they were terrible when I decided to do them <laughs> And look how I was like so mad at myself, but like it was such a good lesson. I'll never forget the things I learned, but it, it didn't sell until a second revise and resubmit. I was so long past that and it, going in again to try again with that story. My agent and I were so in love with it and we knew it could work. I did have to go back and just remember like the OG feelings of just happiness, like Little House on the Prairie meets The Exorcist, and I pretty much planned it all out around one really horrible scene in involving ants. <laughs> but, ah, <sorry>. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I know it's it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so as far as going back and finding that initial spark, it could be as easy as just accessing my emotional memory or going back in my notes and seeing how much I wanted it to work and how it looked when I believed with all my heart, it was the perfect idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, right, well, oh, oh, sorry. Go on. Veronica. I also do this, like trying to reconnect to the thing you loved about the idea, especially when I've spent some time away, which happens occasionally. Cause I'll like be in the middle of something and then have to go promote the last thing. And then you mm. kind of, you know, are like, I can't do these two things at once. Um, but I do it via playlist, so I don't like, uh, I don't have like a sophisticated or good music taste. So let's just get that out there <laughs> to start with. But I um, have realized that like what I do, like I have this process, which I've never, I didn't realize it until this past book. So what, 10 books in? So I don't know, it just came out of nowhere. But I start to build a playlist when I get an idea. Like right now I have one on my Spotify called Post-Apocalyptic Road Trip. Like, I'm not sure what that book is about oh, yet, yeah. but I, but it has a playlist. Oh, sign and, me up. <laughs> yes. And then I go for walks and I put on the playlist and I just like let uh, myself visualize a lot. And that's what gives me ideas for scenes. And then I make a list of scenes and then I like string them together. And that is how I outline. Um, Ooh, I love that. And, yeah. And so I have really strong, like I can listen to a song and remember like what scenes I was, usually it's more than one, like what scenes I was thinking of when I was listening to that song. Uh, and, you know, pretty much like, did I, did it, does it have like the vibe or was it something about the lyrics or like, what, you know, what is it about that piece of music? Um, which is interesting, not being like a, not like a musician. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know why it happens that way. But now when I listen to the playlist, it'll help me like reconnect with what was so exciting about that piece of that idea. Well, if it uh, makes you feel any better, Tolkien did the same thing, by the way. 
So musically, <laughs> he, he always, he, he said, I, I regret that I have no musical talent, but he used music a lot to generate uh, his. I'm sure his talent. was oh fancy. God, I love that. Sure, <laughs> Did yeah, he exactly. have five Taylor Swift songs on his playlist? <laughs> I was playlist. just going to mention Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm sure nice. he would have, nice. Veronica. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Man of um, the people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me ask you a last question. Um, and we we've kind of gotten around the edges of this one, but what is on a, a daily basis, what is more important to you uh, as far as writing goes and, and producing being creative? What's more uh, important? Is it habit or spontaneity? Well, a mix of both. Uh, I mean, you habit wise, you need to be able to push yourself to continue even when it feels like a slog or feels like work. But uh, a lot of elements of spontaneity are very powerful in my process for sure. Like pretty much go by the emotion of it, but mixing those two together, I think balance is, is a good one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like habit creates a safe space for spontaneity, something yeah, like that. Because yeah. I, I have like an outline for each work, but I don't do like a scene, like a really detailed, like scene by scene outline. I know that works for some people and almost like the structure helps them to like get over the fear that they're going to get stuck. For me, that doesn't work at all. I have to like, you know, I have to know like the shape of the story uh, and I have to know where it's going. Otherwise I don't have, I like have listless characters who have no goals, <laughs> but um, I, I, I also need to be able to have a little like freedom to just let them like the characters say things or do things that surprise me. So, um, you know, in the work itself, spontaneity is huge. It's like what it's when you happen upon those like uh, inner workings of your brain, like writing is a conscious process, but it's also an unconscious process. Like the things that appear in your work surprise you sometimes. Or if you reread, you're like, I wrote that sentence. That sentence is good. I wrote that. Um, so I love those moments and I often find that they're the best, like the best moments, but I have to, uh, have structure. Otherwise I'm just like free, free ball. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering who was going to be the next person. Uh, and yes, congratulations, Amy. You have now minted a new phrase on the legendary. Oh, I'm so honored. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you're, you're, uh, never mind. I'm leaving all the jokes behind. I just, we're, yeah. we're moving forward from free balling. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Now there are more. Okay. Oh, so my. I appreciate you both, uh, answering these questions. Do you have any final thoughts uh, as far as uh, a day in the life or, or what somebody might expect from being a writer, uh, before we move on to talking about your current projects, uh, anything else that you kind of want to get out there? Um, it's, I do want to encourage people to untangle the the kind of idea that like if it feels good it's good or if it feels bad it must be bad. Like those things are not connected. Like how as far they, how as it like feels what, what you're writing? Yeah, so like I frequently have days where I'm like this is terrible. Like really, I feel that way and then months later I'll look back and be like actually it was fine. It was fine that day. It was the same as every other day. Like your talent and your hard work and the skills you've developed they carry you through bad feelings. Um, and like, that's kind of separate from getting really stuck because you've made a bad decision or something like that. I just like, I find that people 
feel like they're uh, they're like looking into a crystal ball when they look into their emotions, like as far as the quality of the draft. Um, and for me, I've just noticed that that's not true. Like I have a lot of moods, but my writing skill is still there when I'm in those moods. So yeah. it's okay if it feels like scrubbing a toilet sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Dude, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here, here. All right. Well, uh, thank you both for uh, your thoughts on the subject. And, uh, you know, like you say, Veronica, or, or as you're implying, I think, if you want to write something, go out and give it a shot. Just give oh, it a absolutely. shot. It's, it's uh, almost certainly not as bad as you think. Uh, it's true yeah. straight up I have to or say it is certain... much worse than you think and you've got I, a different problem <laughs> I have to you say that because uh, I, I was I was talking <laughs> on a live stream that I did uh, on the channel a little while ago that like and subscribe everybody um, I was talking on a live stream about a book that I was sent by an author that uh, that we knew through the show and it was it was so bad that I will never ever reveal who it was Craig's like um, it was you <laughs> i'm not gonna reveal who it was but uh she's I, in here I right now <laughs> can promise it was neither of you uh, <laughs> oh, okay. no i will anyway but uh I, so i always say almost certainly because it has happened to me that, that things are, are worse than i feel I like let that serve but... as encouragement like yeah it could get published and you know so can you <laughs> yeah. that's you know what? You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Totally, it's true. It's not. It's not a meritocracy. I mean, that's the the should be clear to people, but somehow isn't. You know. Uh, well, okay. I'm moving on from that, and I'm going to ask you about your current project because I, I could again. I I don't want to reveal too much, so I'm just moving on from that. Uh, let's talk about your current projects, Amy Lukovics. You have something called Cold Water Veins. And that is an Audible original. What is an Audible original? And what what is this thing? What is this story that you're putting out there? Uh, an Audible original is something that uh, as of now, you can only listen to on Audible. Um, this story, Cold Water Veins, uh, came from, orig- it's a novella, and it originally came from my first uh, adult horror novel that was full length at one point in time, but it just wasn't quite working um forgot about it for quite a long time had the opportunity to send pitches into audible and just on a whim included that one uh just a description of it uh my lovely editor laura loved it and she wanted me to write it and honestly it was one of the most memorable writing experiences only because uh, I was physically ill almost every day while writing it because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy. So when I think back to writing that, I feel like I remember the nausea, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it lended well to the story. But it's essentially about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, two sisters who discover that the mother that they thought was dead since they were a child was alive all that time. But now she's died for real in their original home village, which uh, is located in a sort of it's a place that's encircled by mountains. And they go back to sort of in take a look at their old family farm and uh, reconnect with some people that they knew when they were young. And uh, turns out there's something really horrible going on there. And uh, they're pretty directly connected. And it quickly turns into a story about you know, what a sister is willing to go through for another and the things we do for love and what is home and all sorts of that stuff with 
horror thrown in, of course. I, any ants involved? Should we? Uh... Uh, no ants, but uh, you know there are there are some pretty creepy crawlies. So check awesome. it out. <laughs> so horror fans should check it out. It's called uh, it's called Cold Water Veins, uh, and I'm gonna link to that in the show notes so people can go check that out. Um, your website uh, is amylukovics.com. It is, yes. Okay, amylukovics.com. And again, if you don't want to figure out how to spell that, I'll put the link in the description (laughs) so you can go check that out. Uh, Cold water veins. Veronica, what do you have going on these days? For the YouTube people, I just held up a thing. Um, Yeah, okay. It's also a novella, actually, um, called Arch Conspirator, which is a far future retelling of the Greek tragedy Antigone. And if you haven't studied Antigone in a while, I, I um, just I'll... I had some severe high school flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I also read it in high welcome. school. Yes, no, I loved Antigone in high school. I was, an, I guess, that makes me a dweeb. But um, anyway, oh, we knew that it's the, yeah, that's not news. I mean, it isn't. It shouldn't be news to anyone. <laughs> but Arch Conspirator is set in like the distant future, like after we've had many apocalypses, probably, and it's the last civilization on Earth. Um, and Antigone is living in a kind of desperate state where they're trying to save humanity, but the environment is so toxic that it's deteriorating everybody's genetic material, which is probably science, <laughs> not really science. Um, Go with but it. they've, they've reacted to this by like kind of having compulsory reproduction, uh, in their society and also gene editing. And she oh, is cool. unedited. So she's like Gattaca style, um, Nice. like pure uh but in that society that means she's like cursed from the start they think she has no soul um her and her her siblings so uh and her brother dies this is not a spoiler because that's in the original greek play my friends um her brother dies <laughs> and the king her uncle forbids anyone from burying him properly or from extracting his material sorry burying him properly in the play but in right. arch conspirator it's like extracting his material so he can like continue to live uh, through his wow. genetics or whatever. So that's like a religious practice for them. Um, and she decides to do it anyway, but she gets caught. Um, and yeah, it's a Greek tragedy, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of sounds, like, sounds like Greek tragedy meets like Handmaid's Tale and, and compulsory. Uh, yes, yeah, some vibes there. Yeah, yeah and this yeah, was yeah. kind of my attempt to resolve the incest question of the original play because uh, Antigone is Oedipus's daughter. So right. famously Oedipus, you know, killed his father and married his mother by mistake. So the play has a lot wrapped up in her psychology, especially around being cursed from birth. And so I was trying to figure out how to translate that, um, but carrying over some of that like kind of mysticism around parentage. Um, so that is hence the gene editing stuff. But yeah. There you go. All right. So it's called Arch Conspirator. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it is it out already? It's I, out, but ju- okay, only just. Yeah, just yeah, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, by the time people will hear this, it's been out for a little while, yeah. uh, for a few weeks. So go check it out, pick it up. And uh, Veronica and Amy, thank you both so much for taking a few minutes and and uh, talking about, well, your approach to writing. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of thanks course. for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was fun. Hey, Veronica, it looked like you had one more joke that you wanted no, to No, I, I was trying to make a joke about, I'm, I'm really excited. I was really excited to come on again, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the right way to do oh, it. Oh, 
I, I'm gonna scene. I'm gonna live with the shame of having fake called you out on that forever, <laughs> probably. So no, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the listeners, the listeners on Discord will never let me live that down. And if you don't want to let me live that down, you too can join Discord. Just go to thelegendarium.com and there's a link uh, to our Discord server there. Uh, it is a lovely place with thousands now of, uh, I think, might be multiple thousands of uh, readers like you who engage in fun and friendly conversation. Uh, that doesn't mean we always agree, but it is the, the most welcoming place on the internet as far as I can tell. Uh, so you can find that at thelegendarium.com. You can also find the link to our Patreon page where you can throw a dollar in the tip jar if you like what we do here, and uh, we appreciate those who do so. Uh, all right, and make sure you check the show notes for the links to what we've talked about today. Veronica and Amy, once again, thank you so much, and thank you to everybody for listening. I will see you all next time. Bye.